Welcome to the Mom Docs Podcast. We are three chiropractors on a mission to empower moms to intentionally choose health for their kids and families, to provide core principles to raise their families holistically, and to help parents take an active role in their family's health. Our goal is to provide families a philosophical approach to healthcare that steps away from the conventional and supports true health. So welcome. We are super excited to be launching our very first episode of the Mom Docs today. Uh, I think first we should probably introduce ourselves. So Sarah, why don't you why don't you start? So I am Sarah Lasby, and I am a chiropractor in Columbia, South Carolina. I have been practicing for going on ten years now, and I have three little kids. I guess my littlest is not so little anymore, but I have a six-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-and-a-half-year-old. So in the thick of momhood and busy practicehood right now. I am Natalie Jean Forte, and I practice with my husband, who's also a chiropractor. We run a family practice in Minnetonka, Minnesota. And also, I have three kids. Um, Ellie is six, Annie's five, and Henry's two and a half. So definitely have a balance of uh, being a chiropractor and being a full-time mom and wife, you know, all at the same time. So Awesome. Yep. And I'm Erin Sousley. I've been a chiropractor for uh, almost 10 years. And we, my husband and I are both chiropractors too. And we practice in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I have four kids, uh, nine, six, three, and nine months. And just like uh, Dr. Natalie and Dr. Sarah, you know, just um, really in the thick of this season of being a mom and um, also trying to be a resource for other, other moms and parents in our community. And really just, I think in general, we're just all on a mission to really change the way people are viewing and managing their health. So I'm super excited that we're doing this podcast. You know, we really just want to impact families. Um, and, you know, we're, we're aware, you know, as practitioners, we're really aware of our failing healthcare model in America. You know, as a nation, we spend the most money on healthcare in the world, and we have the greatest access to healthcare. Yet, America is one of the sickest industrialized nations in the world. And, you know, we, the three of us, we see this in, in practice. You know, the people that come through our doors initially are, are sick and they're suffering and they really don't know what else to do. Um, so I think, I think it's probably important to really just kind of set the tone and go over some of these stats that we're seeing in our country. Relevant as moms of young children. We saw this as practitioners before we had kids. Like, man, there's a problem. People desire health, but people are so far, so far from health and so far from having an understanding of what health is. So, and yet their access to resources with healthcare is there. So what isn't matching? But then I think when it became really real for the three of us was when we started having children and recognizing the trends are going in the wrong direction and forecasting at, you know, the statistics for children ending up on medications and with uh, chronic disease processes at such a young age and realizing those aren't just statistics, those are our children. You know, yeah. my three-year-old's future, what my three-year-old or almost three-year-old, what he's going to look like as a 30-year-old if stats continue to trend in this direction or his future wife will look like, we really have a responsibility here to step up and be the voice. And as females and as the leaders of health within our families. We have a strong voice. And I, so I love the unique perspective of the three of us coming together because we come at it from the practitioner end, but then we also come at it from 
as a mom, what is our role in shaping this next generation to see statistics like this change? Because I believe it changes when we change what happens in the household. That's really good. And we are like, we are busy. Like, I think that's the the other thing is like life happens. Right. And I think every mom, every parent, I feel like their biggest fear is like their, their kids losing their health. You know, like everybody that you talk to wants to be healthy and what they desire even more than that. I know for myself is once I had kids and it's like, not only just about keeping myself healthy, but then it's about raising healthy kids and keeping them healthy. And I know that, um, you know, it's easy to, to move towards what's convenient and what is easy when you're a busy, like working parent. And that's what I am excited to bring light to of how can you live a life and be intentional? Because if we aren't intentional, we end up um, being like a kind of like a pinball in a pinball machine being tossed around by life and that ending up where we want. And mm-hmm something I constantly think about right now is like, it's 2020. Like we have more information as a society, like at our fingertips, we have more testing. They've poured billions of dollars into research. Like we have more medications. We have more, you know, we have more of everything. You would think we should be getting better. And when you look at all the stats, like we're getting worse Mm -hmm. and that's what blows my mind. And it's, definitely has to do with as a culture, how we've been trained to manage our health that we really need to focus in and look at. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, looking at some of these stats, you know, almost half of Americans take a prescription drug, like a quarter of us are on at least three prescription drugs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just managing symptoms. You know, that's never addressing cause. We look at 8% of children are taking a prescription medication that just blows my mind because my kids have never taken a medication. You know, I know your kids have never taken a medication. Um, so that's a pretty staggering statistic. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more in a second about kids stats, but uh, you know, you look at men, one in two men is going to be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. One in three women, um, you know, clinically we're seeing people coming through our doors who whose pediatricians have all but abandoned them um, just Mm -hmm. because they, you know, maybe have questions about the status quo, you know, about, you know, the vaccine schedule or or childhood nutrition or whatever it is. Um, We're seeing that this kind of rift in our culture now where we have parents that are actually, you know, wanting to to give their children what's what's best, but then they're not being supported by, um, you know, their doctors who they've trusted in for so long. Um, We're actually taking away something that's been critical to humanity for all time, which is the mother's instincts. Yes. Like, I think that the way that mothers are being treated right now and their instincts are telling them, man, this just doesn't feel right that, you know, so that a kid would be able to be diagnosed with something at such a young age or that they're being told they have to be on a prescription for the rest of their life or that there's one vaccine schedule and it's one size fits all. And if you deviate from it, you're a horrible person. And I think that we're now being conditioned to say like, well, um, I guess I'm going to take that instinct, that gut feeling that I believe is just critical to humanity and progress moving forward and safety and longevity of our children. I think we're, we're being conditioned to dampen it. And so really I want one of the major themes for our time together and any time that people spend listening to us to give you power over that instinct back and for you to recognize that 
it's important and it's valuable and your thoughts matter and your questions matter. And this is a safe place for us to come together and not say we have to walk away from status quo or walk away from convention, but be able and willing to question why in the world, what is a logical explanation to these statistics and how do we reverse engineer back to health? Because all of us are under the same philosophy that we're created and genetically programmed to be healthy. The fact that 1% of children have to be on a medication, let alone 8% or 10% or depending on stats up to a quarter of all children on a prescription medication, that, that that's completely unacceptable. Yeah. So at some point we have to draw a line in the sand and say, what's our approach and how do we uh, re- reverse engineer back to status quo, the norm is healthy. And anything outside of that would be alternative. And anything outside of that would be, you know, a completely different approach. Yes. And I, I feel like something like when I, we see a ton of kids in our office, just like both of you do. And what I found is anybody that's in that situation, um, for example, just last week, we had a six week old baby come in who was dealing with acid reflux, who had been put on Zantac for acid reflux. And, you know, the mother's in fear. She doesn't most like, she doesn't know what else to do. Like your baby's refluxing. So you take him to the pediatrician. And that was the answer. And what I've found is like most people, especially when it comes to their kids, when they end up on medication, whether it's an adult or a child, most people end up choosing that route because they don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm excited about to, to bring some light to um, sharing just the principles as to which, how do we raise our families and what are some principles that you can be following that guide you? Um, because most people I feel end up choosing that route by default because they feel like their hands are tied as you're saying, and they don't know what to do about it. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, the current model is it's a mechanistic approach. You know, you think about like a machine. Um, when we get sick or we have symptoms, we take a medication to, to make those symptoms go away, um, you know, or we have even like a surgery to remove or replace an organ, you know, that's malfunctioning. And so that's the current model of healthcare. You know, we get sick, we go to the doctor, they give us a pill, we go home um, until those symptoms go away, you know, taking that medication potentially for the rest of our lives. Um, And so the problem with that approach is that it's never getting to the cause. You know, it's like that mother and that motherly instinct that you talked about, Sarah. It's like we know inherently that 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 symptom in our child is not due to a lack of a medication in their body. Um, We know that that's not addressing the cause. Um, So really just that's kind of where we're starting with this podcast is teaching parents to start looking to the cause and not just looking to the symptom um, when it comes to the health of our kids. And so, you know, again, just going back to some of these, these stats, you know, that, that we see in our clinics um, and that we know is true. And that you said it's, you know, it's completely unacceptable to see one in 13 kids dealing with, with allergies, you know, one in 54 kids. So this is this statistic when we were preparing for this show, like this was one of the biggest um, eye openers for me because we've been watching this um, incidence of autism, you know, slowly growing uh, over the last couple decades. And now we know that one in 54 kids um, is, is going to be diagnosed with autism or already has autism. And we're talking about, you know, a condition that is causing families, like socioeconomically, families are having to shift, you know, because these children need full-time care. 
And so we're not just talking about kids that are suffering. Now we're talking about entire families, you know, that are have to sh- having to shift their entire way of life to care for these kiddos. Um, and we're, they're not supported. They're not being supported by the, the medical community. They're being told, you know, well, there's no way that, um, you know, that this condition was caused by a vaccine or any sort of toxin. You know, we just don't know. It's probably genetic, you know. So really parents are coming into our doors looking for, for answers. They're looking for support because they know they're not crazy. You know, they know that their kids were at one point healthy, you know, that's, we're seeing the majority of kids with autism, you know, at one point there was something that happened in their health that shifted. And so we know that there was a cause. And so that's just to give you an example, like with autism, you know, addressing, addressing cause kids with asthma, you know, we've got 6.2 million kids with asthma. um, And that's just unacceptable because how is that being treated? Right. It's like, we're giving them medication to treat this um, potentially life-threatening condition. Uh, looking at ADHD, nearly 10% of our children has ADHD and we're medicating them, forcing them to sit in a classroom all day long and really never getting to the cause. So I think, you know, we could beat statistics all day long, um, but we, we just know that we need to change. We know that this is getting worse. And even since we opened our doors, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago, um, we are seeing this getting worse. It's not just looking at the stats. Like we know how detrimental this is. And so I know the three of us, you know, with our practices and Sarah, you've got multiple practices in your town. Now, the goal is really, we just need to reach more people so that we can see change. Wouldn't you agree? Fully, fully. And, and to come to the um, realization that these stats aren't here because anyone's trying to do harm everyone is doing their best. You know, every, everyone, everyone has the same goal. Pediatricians want your kids to be healthy. We want your kids to be healthy. You want your kids to be healthy. But at the end of the day, we do have to look at facts and reality and say, although we have the same goal, we're not reaching the same outcomes. So at some point, we have to be empowered enough to be able to walk away or at least look away from a, a model that by all purposes is failing. The mechanistic model is not working and start looking, what is vitalism? How do I get back to honoring it? And how do I identify and address root cause to allow the full expression of health within my children and within myself? I think when we, when we can get to that point and that's not like a, that's not prescriptive. That's not eat an apple and this happens or take this vitamin and this happens. This is a philosophical approach and a paradigm shift to the way that you, um, view and manage health for your children and your family. I love it. So to avoid these stats, you know, and doing something different and and taking a different approach, um, you know, we have certain principles that we live by first and foremost as parents um, and how we're raising our kids, but also, you know, how we're empowering patients in our offices and hopefully through this podcast too. So what do you guys, what do you guys say, you know, in terms of, of these principles that you're living by, like what is probably the most important one to start with? Well, I think like starting from the approach that in order, like you have to intentionally choose the path of wellness for your family. Like if you just, if you don't make any choices, you will end up in convention and you will very likely end up a statistic. So I think first and foremost, recognizing that you have to make a choice and it has to be made with intention. And I think 
when we um, take our hands off the drive, the wheel of the car and say like, oh, my pediatrician or what everyone else says is going to be the best approach. And then we're surprised and we end up as a statistic. We, we chose convention by default by not choosing something different. So I think the first thing that I really encourage my patients to do is before you start deciding what your health principles are, the first thing is that you have to recognize that you have to make the choice and you have to be empowered to make the choice. Once you recognize, okay, I am the one in the driver's seat, then you can start refining, well, what are the principles and what are the values and philosophies to which I want to raise my family? And then our goal through this podcast is that we can help give you some language and help guide you through things that we've experienced in dealing with patients and within our own households and help give you, this is our best practice approaches to choosing a philosophy. But I think step number one, the prerequisite to all of it is you taking responsibility for the choice. And then we can set some principles. And I like to liken it to like with anything, if you can define what your principles are and they can be few, they can then guide every other decision that you make. Like, I don't have to, um, I've decided what my principles are about finances and marriage. Like I believe marriage is between one man and one woman. So I don't have to, every time I'm out at a restaurant, I don't have to like make the decision. Should I talk to that person? Should I engage in that interaction? Is this an appropriate thing to do? It's like, well, I've decided that this is, and, and it's a very simple principle. It's between one man and one woman in, in finances. Uh, I spend less than I save. So I'm always saving money. I don't spend more than I'm making. Like I don't, we, I don't go into debt. So I don't have to make all these little tiny financial decisions and, and toss and turn over it. I know what my principle is. And then that guides every other decision that I make. And I think that as we, we've, we've kind of pre-prepared three uh, big principles that I hope that they stick with people that are listening. Um, and if they, they might be things you need to wrestle with and talk about and go grab a girlfriend and drink some coffee and talk about what does this mean to you and really refine it. But I think if we can start with some basics on them, um, it can really get you and your family moving in the right direction. And then it becomes, as I said, less prescriptive of eat this, don't eat that, take the supplement, don't take that supplement and more. Well, based on my principle, this will guide all of my decision-making. That's really good. Yes, that's good. And I feel like even us three, like getting into principle number one, like we as a whole, we have that in common that like we believe that we were created to be healthy, that there was no mistakes when we were born. Um, I often think about, you know, the fact that two tiny cells come together and they like they have an innate intelligence within them that differentiates them and grows them into a like a living, breathing human being. And if you're a mom, like we all are, it's pretty amazing. Even when you you end up growing a baby within your body, and you never even have to think about it, right? Like there is an amazing innate intelligence within us. And I think that sickness and disease has become so prevalent that we it's so easy to forget that we were actually created to be healthy. And that gets back to what you were saying, Sarah, in taking control of our health and that like we were created to be healthy. When you look at the human body, the more you study it, the more it, it clear it becomes. Like we have an immune system, for example, like if you study the immune system, it's so intricate. There's so many different layers and lines of defense. 
in your immune system of different cells that are there to fight for you and protect you from pathogens and viruses and bacteria. Like you have a liver and kidneys in case you come into contact with um, some toxins, like they filter your blood, um, like your heart is beating, your lungs are breathing, and you never have to think about that. Like there is a power within us, and we were created to not just survive, but to thrive in our environment. And children, like, listen, the society is teeing our children up to not believe that. Yes. I mean, we don't have TV really at all. So like, we, my children are very guarded from seeing commercials. But if you turn on the television, I mean, very quickly, children are conditioned to believe that they will need a medication to survive. And I'll not never forget a young child asking me, like, do I have ED? Like, oh like, like, a, like a little seven-year-old asked me that when I was adjusting him one time. And I was like, firstly, how do you even know what that is? Yeah. And secondly, the fact that we're one of very few countries is it legal to for pharmaceutical companies to do direct-to-consumer advertising? And that's the, the fact that it's illegal in other countries and yet the United States, you can't turn on a television and now like even um, internet TV, you're still getting marketed it all the time. And to think that that's not having an influence on our children. And I mean, I mean, I could go, we could spend the next three hours on this topic, but the second a woman gets pregnant, we're taught to think it's almost like a disease process now. And it has to be managed by a doctor versus honoring that this is a normal physiological process. And under normal circumstances, this thing- And that birth is an emergency, right? You feel like it's an emergency. It's Mm -hmm. It becomes scary. Mm -hmm. And I think something that happens in our society is we're conditioned to be fearful. Like we're afraid of a fever. We're afraid of childbirth. We're afraid of our child getting A, B, and C. And that undermines your faith in getting back to like we were created to be healthy. You know, when when you look at everything that we're dealing with in America right now, Harvard's research and the study of epigenetics, literally only five to 7% of what we're dealing with is just a result of our genes. Mm -hmm. You know, so over 90% of the time, something is causing it and contributing to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially like in this season of um, COVID, I, I think it's just even becoming so much worse. Like children are now being taught to fear germs and to fear right. viruses versus understanding we have, we are default healthy. We are designed and created to be healthy. We're not, we don't need to live in a bubble and have 47 medications and 152 vaccines to be able to survive this world. Like we have it all within us to survive this world. And rarely do we have to rely on an outside source. And do we have to at some time? Yes. You know, like there are emergencies and thank goodness we have a healthcare system that's well equipped to deal with emergencies. But the vast majority, if we can really capture and understand this principle that we believe we are created to be healthy. Default normal is health. And when we can start there, and then that is the lens through which we view our children, like as they're puking or have a fever, what about this as a healing response, which I think brings us easily to our principle number two, which is that we believe in honoring symptoms. And I'm sorry, Aaron, if you had something to say about principle number one. No, you guys totally hit that. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. Yeah. So we believe in honoring symptoms and this go- aligns perfectly with point number one, which is that we believe we're created to be healthy. Principle number two is that we believe in honoring symptoms. So we look at symptoms as one of two things, either a warning sign or a healing process. So, and, and, and you know this to be true, but Somewhere along the way, we forget it. Like if you went out and ate bad seafood and vomited from the toxins that were in it, that would be a great thing 
Like it would suck to go through, but it would be a great, like that's your body's natural and native re response to rid itself of a toxin very quickly and somewhat violently so it doesn't kill you. Fevers, as fevers elevate, that's an amazing innate mechanism. The body is so smart, it's burning off the virus or the bacteria. So we, I think, innately know that symptoms are a good thing. If blood pressure goes high, that's a good thing. It's because your body needs more effort to get the blood to wherever it's going. There's a constriction somewhere. Like we shouldn't be artificially lowering these things and artificially suppressing symptoms. Like we wouldn't say, like, oh, keep all that vomit in. Don't don't let that toxin out. That vomit's bad. Like, no, like. You get it out, let this thing run its course because it's a healing response. And I think when you extrapolate this concept of or principle of honoring symptoms to all symptoms, that's when we can really see enlightenment and power. And wow, my child's body is doing the right thing at the right time. This is a healing response, which... Um, sorry to capture the show here, but uh, that's like we treat we train our children. You're not sick. You're healing. Yes. This is a light bulb moment yes. for a lot of people. Um, you know, we live in this culture where suffering is bad and avoid suffering. You know, at all costs, take mm -hmm. a medication. You know, at all costs because any symptom is viewed as bad. And so I think this right here, this principle for me growing up in the medical model, when I turned 20 and I heard somebody talk about this, it was a huge light bulb moment for me because I yeah. never viewed my symptoms as potentially a good thing. Right. Right. Because it doesn't feel good. Right. And something that I think really helped me as I was, you know, same thing, grew up in the medical model is remembering to ask why. And I was reminded of this this morning before we got on here. I, you know, two and a half year old, you've all gone through this stage where like the only question that they have constantly all day is why. And then you answer it and it's like, why? And then it's just because, right? Like just because. And um, I think, you know, as kids, they're wanting to learn, they're wanting to understand. And I think somewhere along the way, we lose that we forget to ask why, and that's so important. So whether you're, it's a healing symptom as, as Sarah's talking about, you know, a fever before you go to act, I think it's important to stop and ask yourself, like, why is this happening? You know, so for a fever example, it's the body's doing the right thing. It's, it's elevating your temperature to fight it off for you. So the last thing we would want to do is work directly against what the body is trying to do because we believe the body is created to be healthy and it knows exactly what to do and when to do it by giving that child an aspirin. It's, it's direct, it's working directly against what the, their body is trying to do. So in the same sense, why in the world does one kid get headaches and the next one doesn't? Why does one develop allergies and the next one doesn't? Why all of a sudden when you're 45 years old, does your blood pressure, you get diagnosed with high blood pressure um, rather than just, living the standard quo of, okay, I'm going to take this medication. We know the cause is not a lack of medication. So if we can dive into why is this happening? If, if it's a healing sign, what can we do to help support the body so that I can carry out normal function as, as good as possible? Or number two, if it's something like a warning sign, like you have high blood pressure or high cholesterol, let's start asking the right questions. You know, like why, why all of a sudden when I turn 45 is my blood pressure high, something has to be causing that. And that's really what we all specialize in in our offices is trying to get to the cause and fix it to restore, you know, health and healing to the body. So the symptoms, um, something I think 
I'm keeping my kids alive, but the plants in my house are suffering. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm like the, I kill plants often. Um, but I think it's a perfect example. And I love this. You walk, we just watered plants yesterday. So you walk into the room and you realize you've neglected the plant, right? And I think this leads into principle number three. Um, but you've neglected the plant. You see the brown leaves. Um, you could just cut the brown leaves off. But if you don't do anything else, what's going to keep happening? It's going to keep dying, right? So just like if you, you know, have high blood pressure and take medication to cover that up, whatever cause it is still happening. And mm-hmm. it's going to continue you down that path. So we all know, like you give the plant water, soil, and sun, And it's amazing what happens like two weeks later, it grows back, you know? And so when we're looking at health, um, all we have to figure out is what are we lacking? What's, what's going on? That's not supporting good function. And the symptoms is just merely, it's like a brown leaf, you know, whatever the symptoms, it's just a warning sign that, Hey, um, you know, we need to change something to give the body what it needs to function and and support it at its best. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like, uh, the body, really will sacrifice longevity for short-term survival. So like what's happening in the short term with these symptoms is really meant to keep us alive right now, but it's not necessarily the sustainable, you know, way that our body should be functioning. This is, again, this is like super eye-opening for people um, and really just wanting to support our listeners like, Hey, this is for a lot of people that, you know, this is a light bulb moment. Like you're not going to just, start changing everything overnight, you know, but really just like having these general like guidelines to live by, like you said, first making that choice, Sarah, um, and then really just viewing your health from a different lens and slowly those decisions that you make day in and day out when it comes to your health are going to start to shift as you start, you know, again, viewing it through that different lens. Recognizing you have a choice, really getting it and back to the full understanding that you, we are created to be healthy, understanding when we have symptoms, they have a purpose. And then another principle that I think is great is just really understand that health is about optimum function. And since, since normal is optimum health, we just need to do things that honor the body functioning at its fullest potential and recognize when we have warning signs and symptoms, that's a, a sign of the body not functioning at its fullest potential. So now let's just figure out what's interfering with it and identify root cause and start working towards removing variables to address cause and then allow the body to do what it's naturally created to do, which is to heal itself. Cool. Yeah. So the goal with this podcast, you guys, we're going to just, our episodes are really going to focus on um, you know, removing interference to improve function. And we're going to really just like break down the different areas of our health where we can, um, you know, be making improvements. And for some people, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a big change. You know, some people listening, maybe they're already living this lifestyle and they're just fine tuning things. So everybody's at a different point in this journey towards health. You've never really arrived feel like this is just kind of a continuum and it's a conversation that we just need to keep having daily um, with ourselves and really just looking at how we're viewing our health and, and the lifestyle choices that we're making. Thanks for joining us today on the Mom Docs podcast. If you enjoyed listening to the show, the greatest compliment you can give us is to share this with others and leave us a review on iTunes. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll never miss an episode either. So we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye.